You are listening to the Phoebe's podcast and my name is Sylvia Maral. To know more about Phoebe's, visit our web at www.phoebe's.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned. In today's episode, I'm very happy to say we are joined by Enrique Velázquez, Director General of Axis. Thank you for having me today. Well, first things first. So let me start by asking you a basic question. What is Axis? Well, Sylvia, Axis is the voice of companies responsibly managing data to assess the financial credibility of consumers and businesses. Um, Axis was established as an association in 1990, and today we bring together more than 40 members from countries all over Europe, as well as associates and affiliates across the globe. Could you explain to our audience what are Axis regulatory priorities? Certainly. Um, perhaps I, I could refer to three areas. Um, the first area, digitalization and innovation. Here I would like to refer to the EU proposal on an AI Act. As, as you know and the audience will know, back in April, the European Commission published its first legal framework on AI. This proposal follows a risk-based approach, splitting AI applications into banned, high-risk and low-risk. Why is this relevant for Axis members? Well, the current proposal includes AI systems intended to be used to evaluate the credit worthiness of natural persons or establish their credit score as high-risk applications. This decision is built on the argument that assessing the credit worthiness of people has a direct impact on access to financial resources or essential services such as housing, electricity and telecommunication services. High-risk AI systems will be burdened with risk management, data governance, documentation, transparency and other requirements. Importantly, they will be subject to supervisory scrutiny. So, under the AI Act, Axis members face the prospect of novel obligations and supervisory relationships not faced with before. The second area is, is data. Here, I'd like to mention the enforcement of the GDPR and the new EU data agenda, with proposals at European level, as you know, on data governance, access to public data and data sharing in a B2B context, among others. Here we are particularly concerned over the lack of convergence among local data protection authorities in the enforcement of the GDPR. Back in the days, we were promised a level playing field in terms of data protection across the single market. But we are seeing that this is not yet the case. Important cases for Access members are now arriving at the ECJ, and we are working to ensure that the interpretations coming from the highest court are conducive to sustainable business with clients and partners. And the third area is the retail credit agenda with a proposal already on the table to review the consumer credit directive and a future proposal uh, to review the mortgage credit directive. Indeed, let's zoom a bit over consumer credits. What are the main planks of this proposal? Hmm. Is a, a very relevant question, as I have mentioned, is one of the top priorities for our members. The Commission tabled a proposal to repeal and replace the Consumer Credit Directive, uh, which dates 2008, 
at the end of June this year. The first thing that we need to recall is that this proposal follows after an evaluation of the existing directive. That evaluation revealed that the directive had been partially effective in ensuring a high level of consumer protection and the emergence of a smoothly functioning internal market. So the revised text tried to address those shortcomings. Some of the proposed revisions to the Consumer Credit Directive include, uh, for example, the extension of the scope of the directive to cover loans below €200, interest-free credit, all overdraft facilities and all leasing agreements, as well as credit agreements concluded through peer-to-peer lending platforms. The directive is also aimed at reducing the amount of information to be provided to consumers in advertising, focusing on key information when when provided through certain channels. Also, it looks into uh, pre-contractual information and how this is presented to consumers to make sure that this is done in an effective way. Then the proposal, and this is quite revolutionary somehow, establishes the obligation upon member states to set caps on interest rates, the annual percentage rate of charge, or the total cost of the credit. And finally, some other consumer protection elements like um, banning certain practices, like, for example, pre-tick boxes or the tying um, tying practices and unsolicited sales. Now, for Axis members, um, the key changes affect, however, to the performance of credit worthiness assessments, uh, that is Article 18, and access to credit databases in Article 19. So in relation to credit worthiness assessments, what are the key changes and why are those relevant for AXIS members? There are a number of useful clarifications in Article 18. The first one is that the text clarifies that the assessment should take into account the consumer's interest and not only the interest of the creditor. So an assessment is not only about effectively mitigating credit risk for the lender, for the bank but also about ensuring that the credit is affordable for the borrower. Then the directive also clarifies that the assessment should be based on necessary and proportionate information and that such information would relate to the consumer's income and expenses and other financial and economic circumstances. Listen, the reference to financial and economic circumstances is important. In fact, in the recitals, The directive excludes the use of personal data such as data found on social media platforms or health data, including, for example, cancer data, from being used in credit worthiness assessment. There is finally a provision that is generating a lot of debate uh, in in the policymaking space. The text says that when a credit worthiness assessment is negative, the creditor can exceptionally make credit available in specific and justified circumstances, for example, when they have a long-standing relationship with a consumer, or in case of loans to fund exceptional healthcare expenses, student loans, or loans for consumers with disabilities. Uh, Our members are generally pleased that the directive recognizes the importance of credit reference agencies. The directive states that creditors should consult databases to assess the credit status of a consumer. For Axis, it would be important that the final text moves away from necessity of information to relevance of information in connection to credit worthiness assessments. And this would be in line with the mortgage credit directive. It would also be important that the text builds upon existing flexible EBA, European Banking Authority, guidelines on loan origination and refrains from introducing a closed list of data sets 
that should be used in creditworthiness assessments. You have also mentioned access to databases. I guess this is relevant in the context of deepening the single market for consumer credit so that lenders can check databases in different jurisdictions. Any changes there? Yes. A first important change has to do with the text upholding the principle of reciprocity that, as, as we know in our industry, it is a cornerstone of the credit reference industry. The Commission encourages the use of databases and sees respect for reciprocity as a way to attract more data to databases. Then, for the first time, the Commission expresses a regulatory preference over the content of credit databases. In Article 19, the Commission says that credit databases should, as a minimum, hold information on consumers' arrears in payments in accordance with union and national law. Well, information in arrears is certainly the minimum that any credit database currently holds. So although this is an important step, we would have hoped for the Commission to call for databases to hold information on consumers' repayment behaviour on their existing financial agreements, including certainly any arrears, uh, where, would, where this would be permitting, permitted under national legal frameworks. This would have implied a recognition about the importance of not only negative, but also positive credit information. Sure. To conclude on the Consumer Credit Directive, how long do you think that policy discussions will take on this file? Discussions among member states in the Council are proceeding quite swiftly. They have already reviewed the text in detail and made comments. I would not be surprised if the current Slovenian presidency would be able to put together a first compromise text before the end of the year. If not, it would fall on the French presidency to do so. The European Parliament is a different story. A conflict of competence between the Internal Market and the Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee has been ongoing for some time, so work at the Parliament is only starting now. My best guess is that co-legislators could come to an agreement in Q3 next year, uh, which means that we can use the Access Conference in June 2022 to take stock of their negotiations. Well, you have mentioned your conference. This year, Phoebe's put forward a speaker in one of your panels. I think this testifies the good cooperation among our two associations. So before we conclude this episode, may you comment a bit how you see the cooperation among our two organizations? With pleasure, Sylvia. Phoebe's represent business information providers. Axis has been traditionally strong on consumer data. Companies with interest on both areas are members of both organizations. So there are clear synergies between our two associations and I see our responsibility to identify them and reap them. We're often stronger together. The European data agenda is a topic that immediately comes to mind, for example. To better structure our cooperation, we have been working already for two years under the framework of a memorandum, memorandum of understanding as, as FIBIS listeners will possibly know. We have quarterly calls, uh, and in between those, uh, you and I, we have regular contact. Speaking for Axis members, I, I think that there is a lot of satisfaction in our cooperation. It is true that the pandemic has forced us to put on hold uh, a more visible aspect of that cooperation, for example, joint meetings uh, and the like. But as things get back to normal, I am sure that we will be able to generate new content and useful engagement for our members. So I very much look forward to continue, to continue working with Phoebus uh, in 2022.
Likewise, Enrique. And well, thank you again very much for joining this episode. Thank you very much again for the invitation and it was my pleasure. We would love to hear your feedback and thoughts for future episodes. You have been listening to the FIPIS podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe. Thank you for listening. Bye.